program is paid for by Little John Financial Services. The opinions and views expressed may not reflect those of Brook Communications, its affiliates, or its employees. This is KQEN Local Talk at 4. Every weekday, News Radio 1240 KQEN brings you local information at 4 o'clock. Now, True Wealth, presented by Little John Financial Services. Here are David Little John and Katie Shook with True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN. All right, gang. Sounds like we're live and we're trying out something new. Uh, you got to give you the bad news first. And the bad news is that Katie is not on the call today. But I have very good news. Good news is, you know, one of my favorite tag-ins on this program, Mr. Derek Simmons, joining us today. It's always good to be here. So we're stoked to do this. Now, I got to let everybody know in in the what I I want to believe that we are doing this because it's the right thing to do. And so we're doing this not out of panic or hysteria, but out of a very practical reason that, you know, we're, we're intentionally social distancing to slow the spread of a pandemic. But pandemic is a scary word. And I want to just kind of say it is all about managing the bandwidth of our medical community. Right? These are survivable events. It's not a death sentence for people. And so why do I say this? We don't need to panic about what is going on. We're being very practical, very pragmatic. Uh, but we're also calling in to the station today. So, Derek, you're in your remote location. I cannot see your smiling face. It's true. I've always wanted to do this thing, you know, long-time listener, first-time caller. Right. And you can see that, I think. I've been um, a long time. I've actually called in on the program before. I've had to be remote uh, one or two times. But this will, you know, we'll wing it. We'll figure this out as we go, gang. We're in this together. So we're delighted to be here. And I will tell you, uh, I am not going to focus on the negative side of this very much today. Uh, I realize that there are all kinds of things that are a pain in the rear, right? I mean, it's just no fun. But first of all, you want to know what's really cool? Let's talk silver lining, Derek. I can get my steps in right now. I'm wearing a headset. (laughs) I'm in the conference room pacing. I'm ready to go. That is a silver lining. And I just want to say, too, I have driven through uh, Roseburg a couple of times on, you know, to necessary places. And I have to say, uh, Roseburg is doing a decent job of, of trying to keep, the, keep everything uh, from, from transmitting. I'm seeing the, the roads are largely clear. The parking lots are largely uh, deserted. And that means people are home and, and nothing is being transmitted um, you know, from those folks. So I'm pretty proud of us. I could not agree more. Honest to goodness, I think that folks have done a fantastic job. And I, I, I've been, I have people that I know all over the country. Most of us do, right? I went to school. Um, my college experience was on the East Coast. I had the privilege of connecting with somebody that I hadn't spoken with in about 20 years over the weekend. And we were sort of lamenting a little bit. He's in a more populated area, 
and I won't, I won't say who or where, but I will say that uh, this, this individual is in education, and he's got a bunch of students that are more or less thumbed to their nose at the idea that social distancing does anything. They were committed, we're going to do spring break, we're going to the beach, we're going to go party, we're going to do all this stuff. And he was just frustrated with it. And I, I commented and thought, you know, I don't see the same behaviors in our community. I think we're doing a great job of everybody knuckling down and saying, let's just get through this as quick as we can. So That is what I'm seeing. Everybody should pat themselves on the back. Folks yeah, that are doing what they're supposed to do. Definitely props to the community for stepping up and doing our part. So if there is a silver line to be taken from this, it is some of the things that are being reinvented. And that's what I thought would be fun to talk about today is, how do we think that we may be reinventing some of what we do in our economy and in our lives? Because one of the things that as investors we should all think about is where is the puck going, right? What is an emerging trend? Because that's really, uh, you know, nobody invests in horse and buggies anymore, right? That, that ship has sailed. Dave, Dave, can you say puck on the radio? I just want to make sure. In this case, you can. We talk talk (laughs) basketball all the time, but it doesn't usually come to talking about the puck. Uh, That is true. Well, uh, in in this case, I think we can. It's a great Wayne Gretzky quote. But we could – let's use basketball. It's it's still technically March as much as we lament because, honestly, I've talked about this conspiracy at at great length that um, Kansas really got hosed this year. And North Carolina got bailed out. <laughs> it's true. There's no, if, if there was a conspiracy, it might have been plotted by Carolina, who is not going to make the tournament. And there, there is your silver lining right there. Yes. So, so there is a silver lining from the athletic perspective for the records remain unblemished for Carolina. But uh, I, feel, I feel bad for a lot of student athletes. And I hope there's an appropriate resolution uh, for them to still be able to compete and enjoy their senior season and play in a tournament. And I hope that they figure out a way to, to manage that for the student athletes. The last word I heard was that basketball will not have another spring season, but that other spring, spring sports people have another year of eligibility. Now, whether they want to hang out for another year of college, if they're right. seniors, is another question. But, you know, while, while, we're, while we're talking about that, mm-hmm. I do want to mention another silver lining. I have had... Uh, my kids are home, as yours are, mm-hmm. and I have had more time with them playing basketball, uh, playing board games, building a garden. It, you know, it, it's forced. It's a forced vacation in part. And then, of course, we tried to build in some educational opportunities. But really, if it weren't for the fact that the economy was, uh, was about to take it in the shorts, and, and it may not, you know, based on some of the efforts that are going on, I have to say that there is a real silver lining in the time I've been able to spend with my family. Yeah, I think that there's a cultural opportunity here. Uh, And I say cultural meaning that we all as a country can take advantage of slowing down a little bit and spending quality time with people because in a sense we're being forced to. Right. Uh, So hopefully everybody else has enjoyed similar experience. I certainly have. Spent a lot more time with my family. We've had some 
projects that have been backburnered for eternity that are actually getting placed on the front burner because we don't have the distractions that are otherwise available in life. And it's not been all bad. Yeah. It really hasn't. Now, not everybody enjoys the same luxury, and I don't want to to ignore or trivialize the fact that it is a hardship for many. So I'm not – don't get me wrong. There are hardships going on. But I think, like you said, silver linings. That's what we're talking about today. So I want to talk as an investor too, Derek. As we look at these emerging trends and how things are being retooled, how do we think – this may impact things longer term and where might opportunities present themselves or where might we find places that are more like the horse and buggy manufacturers of old where they're no longer relevant. Right? That's so, a good question. So that to me is some of the core today. Is we're, It's the True Wealth Show. We talk all kinds of stuff here, but let's talk about what's going on with our wealth we should talk a little bit about the stock market, which had, has now had the worst fourth quarter – or first, sorry, the worst first quarter performance for the Dow since 1987, which 1987 was pretty ugly. That's the still, to this day, the single largest one-day percentage drop in the market was in 1987. Now, I wasn't the, paying attention. I wasn't paying attention to the market at the time. I was a senior in high school, but I, um, nor was I. I was, I was younger. <laughs> 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 well, but but the point is. So the weird thing is, had you sold at the very bottom of the market, there was a rally that was like twenty percent off the lows. Right now, I caution people. Percentages are really tricky right now. Okay, have, have we talked about the, the yardstick of absolute and relative returns much? I know you and I have before, but do you recall that conversation, Derek? I don't. Okay, so relative returns are usually they're more popular when things are going up. Okay, so if the S&P 500 is up by 10%. You measure your results of an investment compared to the S&P relative to the S&P. So did you make 8% or 10% or 12% or whatever percent, right? But it's a relative comparison. But when you lose money, people tend to stop using percentages and they tend to start using the dollar figure. Hey, I had a $100,000 investment. Now it's worth $70,000. I lost 30 grand. Okay, not 30%, $30,000, right? The people right. start to do the math different in their head. This is very normal, by the way. But it puts us in a really weird position because the absolute dollars are actually an effective way to measure your paper losses. I say paper because you have to sell it to formally realize the loss, right? But if you were to say, I'm forced to liquidate now, my value is way lower. But here's the trick. When you fall into a hole, it takes more to climb out than it took to fall in on a percentage basis, right? Because if you lose 10%, how much do you need to make it back to where you started? 11%. 11%. Let's see if he's got the calculator. Let's play this game again. If you lose 25%, <laughs> what do you need to get back to where you started? 130%. Well, about a little over 30, about 33%. Yeah, 30%. Right? 
And if you lose 50%, this is the easy one. If you lose half your money, what do you need to get back to where you started? 100%. Right. What if you lose 90% of your money? Right? You had $100, now you have 10. What do you need to yeah, get back? If you lose 90%, then you need, need 900% return. 900%, correct. So the farther you fall, the even greater percentage return that you need to dig back out of the hole, which is why we talk about things like diversification and other strategies to limit your risk somewhat. It was a tricky period in time, wasn't it? Because can you find me a corner of the market that there wasn't risk right now? No, although I, I have to say uh, Zoom is looking pretty good these days. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can find individual Zoom. stocks, yes. Yeah. And and I will say, without making a recommendation on Zoom one way or the other, go look at the price-to-earnings ratio of Zoom right now. Because there might have been a pile onto that thing, and they better continue to grow to infinity or something like that <laughs> in order to start to rationalize the price that it's trading for right now. Uh, in fact, and its its competitors will come along as well and prove they, their game. They will. This is so relevant, though, because what you've just described is something I think is really, really important as investors, right? How important? Important enough to cue the music for the first break, and then oh. the, well, yeah, when we come back, I'm going to talk about what does Zoom have to do with the future of America. And your future as an investor. <laughs> exactly. That and more when we come back. This is David Littlejohn. And Derek Simmons. And you're listening to True Wealth on News Radio 1240, KQEN. This is KQEN Local Talk at 4 on News Radio 1240. KQEN. Okay, gang, here we be back at it. David Littlejohn, your typical host of the True Well Show on your favorite Tuesday you've had all week long. Joining me, not in studio, Mr. Derek Simmons. Derek Simmons, a monopolizing caller that's going to stay on for a whole hour. Yes. I say we just keep going with this thing. Um, <laughs> it's well, it, it may it may come to that. That's been my offer to the station: is if you need more four o'clock content because people can't seem to make it in, you just call us. We could do True Wealth on more than Tuesdays, right? I mean, we could. We all could. of our audience could. You could call in support, and if you, I would say we could take call-ins, but we can't right now because we're the call-in. But you could always send us a. Well, not text, I'm not gonna, but you could go on Facebook, right? You could send us a, a message through social media. You can send email to info at littlejohnfs.com, and we will get a hold of those. And, yes, I cleverly didn't give out my cell phone on air. I could just imagine where that would lead. <laughs> so um, anyhow, we would be delighted to hear from you. Uh, reminder, if you're just joining us, there is a podcast that's available. It'll still be posted, like always, on littlejohnfs.com tomorrow. Uh, 
Uh, it's also available through 541 Radio. If you follow us on uh, iTunes or on Blueberry or some of those other areas where we post the podcast, then you can certainly go and grab it from there as well. I have another announcement that I want to make, one that I, I think you've even maybe seen on social media, Derek. And what is that? So we decided to do a community service, like an actual no strings attached, no promotion of business or anything community service. Is this the, uh, is this the uh, money education for kids programs you've been making? It is. It is. We, that's been very exciting, but I wanted to watch it with the kids, so I've not yet seen any of the episodes. Gotcha. Well, the, yesterday was the uh, initial run. It was, uh, you know, work in progress. We're learning today was smoother. We did it again, and we're going to keep doing this. And essentially for the month of April, at 10 a.m., we are broadcasting – a, a series of classes. They're only about 15 minutes long. They're really designed for the attention span of sort of junior high, high school. Uh, but it's not exclusive to junior high and high school kids. It's just that it's geared at, at the level for this age bracket and for parents that want to have conversations about money. And it's just layer upon layer upon layer, breaking that down to the very simple concepts. And the name of the class is my favorite. It's called The Things About Money they don't teach in school. And if you think about it, most of us didn't get a ton of financial education in high school. I, mean, I think it's true. I mean, even back, even back in the dark ages, before the 1987, um, you know, stock market thing, uh, what we learned about was a checkbook and how you deal with a checkbook. We did not learn about how to deal with money, about its power and the things that it can accomplish if you set it free to work rather than spending it on things, uh, a lot of that I didn't learn until long after I got out of uh, law school. Agreed. And some of it through the school of hard knocks, right? Yes. And no some of it also because you, like myself, are in a career field where people come to you for specific advice, but we don't, we don't often admit this, but we glean advice from them as well. We work with lots of entrepreneurs and business owners. And we all play in the same pool. So we get to see and migrate or migrate, navigate through lots of different problems and solve them together. And you learn in that process. Absolutely. So what I've, what my attempt here is I, I, I will fess up to this. I kind of designed this for my own kids, but also I have so many peers and clients that have kids that are either sort of junior high age or in college or just starting their lives and just starting to get married, and they didn't have any guidance whatsoever. So this series is built around that, and we're going to cover a lot of stuff. So if you talk about silver linings, this is one of these. As our kids are, at least in Oregon, out of school pretty much through April, we do now have an announcement. Uh, they're going to go to sort of a distance education model, and they're going to change some things up so you can expect schools to start taking a more active role with their students again and, and trying to work that out. It's, it's a work in progress. It's being built on the fly. But, but we're going to take this step early and say every morning, 10 o'clock, every school day it would have been, your kids can jump on and grab this. And you can also go to our YouTube channel, and they're going to be there. 
All right, so I know that this sounds is a, interesting. A lot of commercial on this one for now. It's kind of explaining if you've got kids or grandkids, or if you want to get firmer with your knowledge of the financial system, these are little 15-minute doses. We talked about what is money. Today we talked about how it gets stored. Tomorrow we're going to talk about how banks make money. Right? Relevant again, to today's system. What's going on? One of one of my favorite things about this idea is that. The price is so very right. <laughs> it is. It's, it, is <laughs> it is genuinely free. Um, like I said, I built this for my own kids and all of the clients that have requested it. Uh, one of the things on my New Year's resolution list has been to write a book about this. So I am. You're you're helping me crowdsource the content. I'm going to try out all this content is getting utilized in these classes, and then it's going to likely be compiled into a book that is written again for sort of the high school age to young adult age. And I, I hate when I make these commitments live because then I have to follow through. But that's, that's the idea. So you've heard it here. Uh, as my friend and attorney, you can hold my feet to the fire on this one. You got it. Cool. So, look, we were talking about this is all relevant. The idea you mentioned Zoom at the break, right? And we were teasing about the stock because it went crazy, right? Yeah, and for folks that have not had the opportunity to do this, it's a video conferencing site. And so many of you have heard about Skype or FaceTime that are kind of one to one. Sometimes uh, you can get more people. Well, this is built for uh, larger groups. And um, the idea is that you can have – if you could have a meeting in person, you could have this meeting on Zoom or some analog, and it automatically switches the picture to the person who's speaking so that it feels a little bit more like a regular meeting. Mm-hmm. And, of course, there are bandwidth challenges and stuff, but it's, a, it's an interesting product. I, I so think sorry, go ahead. I no, 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 no. This, I, this is exactly what it's hoping for. little piece of trivia on the side there, Derek. Uh, there, there's another stock out there called Zoom Partners or Zoom Limited or something. They had to halt trading on it. It wasn't the Zoom Video Partners, but people were <laughs> buying it based on the name, and it went up by yeah. like 70%, and they had to halt it because people were buying it by accident. So wow. it tells you how much people have been piling into this idea, but I think it's relevant – for us to look at why were people buying Zoom stock? You know, we're speculating here as to why, but why do you think they were buying Zoom stock? They were seeing people moving from what had been in-person meetings to this platform. And they're mm-hmm. saying, hey, this may work. Mm-hmm. And if it does, it's possible that our world changes to, be, to conduct more business that way. And then demand drives the price. Yes. And so that to me is what I'm hinting at. This is not a unique idea to me. I'm not brilliant or something for for posing this question to you. But how do we think the response to COVID-19 may permanently alter some of the things that we do? And I suggest that companies may permanently offer more work at home opportunity for their employees. You know, I think f- that's definitely possible. We have, we have by necessity in my office converted to working at home. Mm-hmm. I mean, people come in to check the mail to receive packages, but for the most part uh, we have people working at home and it's forced us to develop the systems that make that work. Well, at some point you say, 
holy smokes, if we can get the work done without paying rent, we might as well. Yes. And, well, I, and we're not going to be alone in that boat. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's the wild thing to me. We – I say we. This is the royal we. I remember building for remote operation – Starting in 2010. Now, I'm not sure. I'm, this is not a, oh, you're so visionary. Don't get me wrong, okay? Let me be really clear about why this happened. In 2010, I started Little John Financial Services, and it was just me, which meant I never got a vacation ever. But my family still had time off, and there were times that we needed to travel. So I needed systems that were flexible enough to allow me to work from anywhere to conduct business. So with intention, I built the architecture for our company such that it could be very highly mobile and distributed. The unintended benefit was that we had a very natural disaster protocol. You know, so we have these really good contingency and redundancy plans for how to keep operating in, in unusual circumstances. So this did not result in a major business disruption for us. Certainly the markets system, impacted it. Your system had, had flex built into it from the very beginning. It, it, just by nature of necessity, it was built into the architecture. But many, many firms did not have that fortunate uh, build-out, right? They're, they're much older firms, and their infrastructure was more self-contained. And so this is forcing some evolution in business practice. And therein lies some of the opportunity, in my opinion. Now, I say this a lot, that I can't give formal investment advice on the air, not as an investment professional, because there's all kinds of liability. And I think my lawyer said something to me about that, right? Like, don't, that does don't, sound familiar. don't put liability out there on the air. So, <laughs> so we won't do that. But I'll, let, me, let me play this, just this game with you. What do you think might be some areas where – opportunities will emerge as a result of this. I mean, and we don't have to think about companies. Just think about things in general, because what you do is you say, well, what might, what might change? And then who might be in a position to facilitate that change? And then might that be worth inve investigating as a potential as an investor? You follow where I'm going with this? Well, I do. I, I, don't, I haven't had a lot of uh, um, lightning strike ideas of of un, unexpected things. I mean, the ones that you see all around you are um, the video conferencing. You see a lot more people ordering things um, for delivery. And that was already a, a trend, but I think it's accelerated pretty dramatically with everybody being at home and not wanting or being able to go to various stores. Um, well, let's do those this. Are the Hanging yeah, let's do this. I want to play this game. I'll play a little, We'll do a little bit of Jeopardy, and I'll ask you some questions, and we'll see if we can't tease a few things out. But we do need to take our next break. So we'll do that, and when we come back, stick around, because this will be a fun game. So Derek and I are going to figure out where do we think the future might be headed, and how might that present opportunities for you as investors. So stick around. We'll be right back. This is David Littlejohn. And Derek Simmons. And you're listening to True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQES.
This is KQEN Local Talk at 4 on News Radio 1240. KQEN. All right, gang, welcome back to the True Well Show. Your host, David Littlejohn, with me out of studio, but definitely uh, number one in our heart still. That's your cue. Oh, Derek Simmons. Yeah, yeah, hey, yeah I don't it. usually promote myself as number one. Yeah, I guess I do promote myself as yeah, number one. Yeah, no, in your heart it's. I think it's uh, last in the phone book, first in your heart. I think that's, that's where that, right. how that goes. That's right. Exactly. Yes, yes. So, perfect. You know, you have one of two ways to approach the uh, whole phone book thing, right? You could just put like A A A A A A lawyers, uh, you know, or one 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 A lawyers or whatever, or that you could just say, or you know, like Zulu lawyers. But you get the idea. Um, so. Here we are. If you're just joining us on the True Well Show today, welcome. Uh, Katie was not able to make it today, but we've got uh, Derek has tagged in, and we are talking about the silver linings that are coming out of this uh, whole shelter-in-place order across the country, now extended till April 30th. Last I heard by uh, Washington, or at least advised. You know, that's an interesting one. We won't really rabbit hole down too much, but how much does the Fed control things versus individual states and the, the structure of politics and all? A bunch of rah-rah there. But, you know, regardless of where you fall on the political spectrum, this change is going to produce. There's going to be some winners and losers here, right? I mean, we, we, there are, some businesses have been ordered to close. Others have not. So in a sense, we're playing some weird winners and losers games, and it's going to create some really interesting opportunities or at least some really unusual circumstance. And that's what I want to talk to you about, Derek. But before we get there, I have to mention this. You have heard about this, the CARES Act that got signed last week. Yes. The multi-trillion dollar deal. One of the interesting parts about that is it, it is designed so that Employers, even employers that are shut down, keep people on payroll, and then the government guarantees a loan to those businesses that is forgivable. Yes. And so then the theory is that um, small businesses, even though they're shuttered, continue to pay their, their uh, employees, and then when they come back to work, they come back without any loss of momentum or capital. That, so that, and that's, that's an the theory. concept. The, the, the wild thing about it, as I understand it, is they are still making up the rules and the implementation as they go. And the problem, oh, yeah. as I see it, is many small businesses have immediate cash flow needs to make everything work. And it, it, we may still be six to eight weeks before some of this money starts to show up in pockets. That is the hazard. And also, I think there's a risk of first come, first serve running out. Yes. I think that is actually a, really th- uh, a real thing. But I would say for small business owners, it's something to talk to your bank about. Agreed. Get on their list. Agreed. Get on their list. But that, but that, that was not the topic of conversation here. I just wanted to make sure that our listeners who are small business owners are aware that that is something they should be thinking about, even if they feel like the sky is completely falling on their heads right now. Correct. Also, I would point out that within the CARES Act and within the um, – the SBA's emergency funding provisions right now, there are different ways to access different tranches of money. So there are some emergency funds and some funds that you can apply directly for where you can go to the SBA, to their website, and uh, for like an economic injury and disaster area loan. And so you can go directly apply for that and just fill in the information and submit yourself. 
Others, like the CARES Act, are being administered through financial institutions, so that's where you need to go talk to your banker to help get some of that facilitated. So they are, there are different paths to the money, uh, and the SBA has a lot. And for those of you that are listening or wondering, what is he talking about? Small Business Administration. Okay, so if you go to Google Small Business Administration it, it, loan, there's, you'll, you'll find the government's website and a lot of information about this. But I agree and with you, Derek. We're a little bit out in front of it because, of course, the banks are not yet ready to talk about the program as they as they uh, introduce it. But I will tell you, um, as presented in the law, it's uh, it's got no fees. It's mm-hmm. got an interest rate, no payments for six to six months to a year. And it's forgivable to the extent that you keep your payroll the same as it was before. And it can go for things like uh, utilities and payroll. Yeah. And rent. Well, so it's, it's it's a big deal. Rent, utilities, payroll, and benefits are included yeah. in that, as I understand it. So this is a very, very important aspect. I'm glad you brought this up. I think it's worth touching on in the program today, uh, and falls under the spectrum of opportunity in an unusual sense. We're playing a very uh, unusual game. The Fed is playing a very unusual game, and fiscal stimulus is very unusual right now because these loans may not be loans. They may end up being grants in a sense. And to the extent that they are grants or that they're loans that are not paid back, our grandchildren will one day pay for them, but still. Well, it's, uh, right. In the short term, it could, it could make a big difference. And that even in and of itself is interesting because I'll, I'll, I will only posit this. Okay, We don't need to debate it at all. I just throw this out there as a weird like, huh, if all of the major economies of the globe simultaneously and in similar percentage devalue their currencies at the same rate, did it happen? That is a fun one. Yeah, it's, it's just an economic theory question. We're not going to unpack that on this program because I heard a bunch of people start yawning. <laughs> so we, we don't need to go there, but it's fascinating to me. There's something called you know, like uh, modern financial theory right now or modern monetary theory is what's going on. And they're, they're You're fascinating. Right. You're, right. You're right about the yawning. So let's get back to the winners and losers, which is yeah. where you wanted to go. Where I want to go is thinking about what what might be materializing right now. And I see some really unusual stuff happening. Uh, again, I always – the caveat, I'm not giving you advice uh, at this point. So you know, this information is as is. Do with it what you will. And see your financial professional if you have more questions, right? And if you don't have a financial pro, see me after class, right? Uh, you can call us at 375-0898. Area code is 541. And someone on our team will schedule a free consult and we can talk with you, right? And it is free. You know, you just give us a call. We'll, we'll chat for a little bit and see if we can't help you out. But here's some things that I, I, I you know, so Derek, there's a stimulus package. Who is that stimulus package targeted at? Everybody. Correct. <laughs> yes. Is the Who's it targeted at? <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. Uh, so are there specific businesses that we think will potentially benefit? Well, the ones that are closed will uh, have the potential to benefit. The ones that have workers out um, stand to benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest of the economy, the ones that are not closed, 
that that really is the place where a lot of my attention is captured. Mm-hmm. Things that are things that are still going great guns despite the uh, the rest of the economy being shut down. So I think those are the ones that are they're they're the ones that are easy to locate right now, right? The Amazons of the world and the Walmarts of the world and the Costcos of the world are very easy to locate in this stock market because they're obviously meeting a need in real time. And you can see by their stock price that they've survived quite well. Microsoft is another one. You know, that Microsoft is very big in the cloud services world, and they have some tools that many institutions are looking at adopting. And so Microsoft has rebounded nicely. Um, and so that's an interesting concept. Is, you know, but, but again, not advising you on these. Let me throw one at you that I think is really a weird one. And I just want to get your thoughts on it. This is just us playing. Okay. I never do this about individual stocks on air, but I'm going to today. I'm going to make an exception. Boeing. Boeing. So Boeing, Boeing of course, has been – is the largest aircraft manufacturer in the United States. Yep. It has a long and storied history, and it was beloved by all right up until it had the problem with the – with the software in that one plane, the seven thirty seven max, correct? And About a year fired ago, now. fired a bunch of people and really looked bad, and then and the market really didn't like it. But one thing about Boeing is that it is our only um, our only world class aircraft manufacturer. So I, I think it's possible that uh, Boeing is too big to fail. It's too important strategically. Yeah, so here's what people don't realize. You know what the number one exporter in the United States is on a company level? Number one export be, company? It would be a cheap one to be to, to say Boeing, right? Well, and it would be right. I, and I have to phrase it in the form of a question. Is it, uh, is it Boeing? It is Boeing. <laughs> what <laughs> it is, is Boeing? Boeing? Yeah, what is Boeing? Boeing is the number one exporter for uh, U.S.-based companies. And uh, it, by dollar value. In terms value. of dollar value? Yeah, yeah, in terms of dollars. So Boeing is a monster exporter. You know what else Boeing is that people don't think about? A provider to the U.S. military. Correct, a defense contractor. I did not set him up for this, by the way, so you're, you're doing this well. <laughs> uh, so they're a defense contractor. And this is something that, to me, is important for us to keep in mind. Uh, can the government afford to let Boeing die? You know, the, the idea of too big to fail in this case is a really interesting game. Now, I yeah, will I say I can't see the U.S. I can't see the U.S. government government going to um, Airbus to buy its fighter jets. It just doesn't seem to make intuitive sense. Right, and you know there are some other manufacturers between uh, Raytheon and. Uh, McDonnell Douglas and Lockheed Martin. I mean, there's other military contractors, but I agree they're a significant player in the military infrastructure. Boeing as a stock has been as high as over $400 and as low as down to, I think, below 90. It's currently trading right around $150 a share. But you do the math, and I will tell you, it's very interesting. $90 going to 100, and at one point 170, it almost doubled. Right, it almost doubled in value in a week. When did uh, that happen? Last week. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and then after that, 
um, it's pulled back some from almost 180 to about 150 range, right? And I'm not telling you to go buy Boeing. I'm not. What I'm telling you is think about these things in the economy. What are the things that the government thinks we can't afford to lose? I think what's fascinating is aviation is one of those that you have to assume that the virus never goes away and that we never move people again. And I don't assume that will happen. But in between now and then, aviation is shut down. So these airplane companies are just hemorrhaging cash. And the federal government, I think, is looking at this and saying, we can't afford to lose our capacity to move people. And when people say things to me like, I think we should let companies just kind of fail and let the market decide, I would say that is true unless the government's the one that shuts you down. And now I say, well, don't we have a moral hazard if the government just picked a winner and loser? So a moral hazard. Well, moral hazard meaning that the decision was not a market decision, right? The free market didn't shut down these companies for, that, for bad planning. You know, it's not a free market event anymore because they could have just said, we'll stay open, and if you want to travel, you can. But the government said, no, you can't. You're done. <laughs> so, but as Boeing figures in. Um, it's different, guess- correct. Boeing has other influences to it. And so, the, again, I'm just telling you as an investor, think about these elements. I'm not saying if they're right or wrong. I'm saying consider these. That makes sense. You know, is is Domino's Pizza a buy or not? not I can today. bring them up because they were brought into the conversation uh, by one of the commercials. They said, turns out Domino's Pizza was down by 6%. Ooh, well, that's interesting. You'd think that a company that was delivering right now in the midst of this would do really well. Apparently not. Yeah, you wonder what, what caused that. But... Yes. So so that's why I'm I'm reluctant to say it's not stock advice. This is ways to think about where the opportunity emerges. Now, we need to take our last break, but I got a few more thoughts that we'll wrap up with when we come back on how as investors we really ought to be looking at this and how to how to prepare or, well, not to prepare at this point, how to respond. But we got to take the last break. So this is David Littlejohn. And Derek Simmons. And we'll be right back. You're listening to True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN. This is KQEN Local Talk at 4 on News Radio 1240. KQEN. All right, gang. Well, here we are at the home stretch of the True Well Show. If you are you know, getting in here late, don't forget about the podcast. Uh, we've talked about a lot today. We were talking about stocks and how to think about them and the opportunities as investors. But I think the biggest opportunity in the room isn't really about stocks at this point. Uh, it's just about quality time. I say, if you don't have a plan already for your investments, you're kind of too late. And so if you don't have a plan, get one, find a financial professional that's qualified. If you don't know who that should be, hey, I know a guy, right? So you can give us a call, 541-375-0898. But I want to leave favorite, us- my favorite, My favorite part of the plan 
is the part where we take some of this time and educate our children about money. Yep. That is my favorite part. I get to be involved. I get to listen in. We can discuss these topics at dinner. I think that's going to be great. And that's, thank you for the plug there. Uh, Go to, if you look on YouTube, you can go look up Little John Financial Services, and you're going to find that we have these calls scheduled out. You can see the, the replays already, but you can participate and comment, and we're answering in real time these, these calls designed for young adults that are trying to get a handle on the financial system because we don't talk about it in school. But, Derek, I think you've hit on the most important thing to me is the opportunity presented here is one that we all talk about, but we so seldom execute the idea that sometimes you just need to slow down a little bit and look around. Spend time with the family. Absolutely. That, that is the true wealth that you've told me many times. And here it is, uh, maybe imposed by external forces, but that is absolutely the most valuable thing I have is time. Yep. And the opportunity to spend it with the people I love, I think is a, uh, I should use it and I should relish it. Agreed. These memories that you have the potential to build right now will be – we're talking about lifetime memories. If you've got children at home right now and you're getting to spend quality time with them, uh, I hope you're making it quality time. I hope it's not just park them in front of a screen. right? I hope you set some boundaries on that screen time and say, all right, let's, it's time to put these down. We need to, you know, the weather's okay. We need to go for a walk. We need to uh, do something together. But make some memories. You know, that's, no, they say, nobody takes a U-Haul to the grave with them, right? If, if there's one thing we take into the next life, that, you know, the, the great unknown, if there's one thing that we take, it would be the memories that we built here. And so I would really encourage you to, to invest in those right now. I mean, if there was a silver lining, it's you're forced to slow down and actually care about other people right now. So that's that's the big one. And I'm glad that you're doing uh, stuff with your family, Derek. And, you know, we played a little basketball, too. This weather could cooperate better. I'm not going to lie. But, <laughs> and, and, that's and, true. I'm actually I'm developing calluses on my fingertips for the first time since college. <laughs> Just from shooting. My my favorite for those of you that wouldn't wouldn't know, but Derek uh, he has a basketball nickname too. So uh, when we used to play together back in the day, uh, he was Trigger because I don't think you've ever met a shot you didn't like. I didn't, you know. I I don't want to let the the misses bother me because the next one might go in. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> you, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. There you go. That's right. So I, I am definitely an optimist on the court. Well, I like to think that we should all be optimists in general. If there's one thing that I would remind people is the United States is extraordinarily resilient. It's not because of our government. It's because of our people. And this will test our resolve. But if there was such a thing in a weird way, and I would in no way trivialize the sacrifices that have gone on in times of war, like a World War II environment – but I will say that that was a, a mark in our cultural history where the United States really came together. And I have seen it one other time in my lifetime, and it was after September 11th, where people really coalesced around an idea. Uh, I think this is a, a defining moment for the culture of America, where either we're going to coalesce around this idea and realize that we're all in this together, or you know, you can you can do your own thing. But the idea is that 
having the liberty and freedom to do your own thing, but choosing to all pull together at the same time, there's something extraordinarily powerful about that. That's not socialism or communism or anything else. That's everybody just agreeing that we have a common mission and let's go win. And that's what the United States to me has always been about is it's a group that wants to win. You know, we want to be the city on a hill. And I hope we I hope we are exactly that. Well, there's the music. I guess we're out of time. <laughs> so we'll look uh, real quickly. Derek, how do they reach you? Uh, 673-5528. Watkinson, Laird, Rubenstein. All right. And you guys know how to reach us. 541-375-0898. We're out of time. So until next time, this has been David Littlejohn. And Derek Simmons. And you've been listening to True Wealth on News Radio 1240, KQEN. The preceding program was paid for by Littlejohn Financial Services. The opinions and views expressed may not reflect those of Brook Communications, its affiliates, or its employees.